0: All right, I'm excited. We're going to wrap up the dream series today. How many have enjoyed this so far? Next week, we're going to start talking about prayer. But I'm really excited about the culmination of this uh, series, dream and the life of Joseph. If you remember back about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we started talking about I was going to talk to you generationally. And and the first week we started off talking about how Joseph was young when he had a dream. He's 17 years old and he's got this dream about everybody, two dreams about everybody bowing down to him. And what 17-year-old doesn't dream that? (laughs) Really, when you think about it. I want to be so successful. I rule over everybody. Insert wicked laugh, right? So what happens is um, we we talked that first week about, about if you're young. Protecting the dream, and in today 's society we 're so tempted to put everything out there for everybody and w- and what we 're not prepared for is the critique we 're not prepared for people that don 't know us to critique us and um, and so when we 're young it 's important to share to share the dream with people we trust, with older people we trust that can, that can speak life into us and, and speak caution to us instead of just throwing it out there on social media like, it's, like it doesn't mean anything and, and getting beat up by people that you don't even know. Don't you love that about today's society? Get beat up by people you don't even know. When I was in school, at least you knew the guy. You walked down the hall, at least you knew his name. There's Billy, I'm getting beat up today. Now you don't even know him. I remember when I first started, I think it was right after, or it might have been when Pastor Don and I were, like he would preach a month, I would preach a month. This guy got online and started critiquing all of my sermons. I'd never met him before. And I thought, I don't even care what you think. So, so but it hit me right up front. I was like, oh, I'm doing all this wrong. I don't know. And then I thought, I don't even know this guy. But somehow, he felt like He had to give me all this input. And so um, I blocked him. (laughs) You realize you can do that, right? And nobody even knows you did it. That is so awesome. Just block. No. 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 So protect the dream. Second week we talked about us middle-aged people that are right in the middle of the mess. Don't you love the mess? And how... And how sometimes you can't make sense of the mess when you're in the middle of the mess, but you need to trust God in the middle of the mess and construction oftentimes look like a mess. So, um, but trusting God that he knows farther beyond what we can see, or what we realize or what we can fathom. And so if he puts the dream in you at a young person, as a young person and then you're middle age and it doesn't seem like there's any possible way the dream can come true. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to work. The marriage seems like it's going to fail. The, the, the kids aren't turning out. The, the job is, is, is not working out the way you thought it was going to. All these things are happening. God is still the author of the dream. Amen. He's still the one that gave it to you at the beginning and we can still trust him in the middle to make it come to fruition. Today I want to talk I don't want to say old people But I want to say more experienced How about that? Is that a good title? Some of you with a little more experience (laughs) A little more experience under your belt There's a few gray hairs There's a few bumps and bruises And you've, you've actually lived through the process I inadvertently shaved a couple weeks ago I don't know if you remember that I had, um, I haven't shaved in years. Part of it's being lazy. Part of it is because I look like I'm 20 every time I shave. But what I noticed, what I noticed when my hair grew back a little bit, it's not gray. It's not gray. It's white. It's like right in here, right there. You got some, you're younger than me. So, um, I noticed when my beard started growing back, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh no, here it comes. So then guys, you're posed with the, with the question. At 42 years old, do I start combing that stuff in now? Or do I wait? I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. But I noticed that there's a little more experience on my face now than there was Genesis chapter 41. Here we go. Why don't you stand and honor the word? Genesis chapter 41. Joseph has had the dream, the coat of many colors. He's been sold into slavery. He's been lied about in Potiphar's house. He's been put in prison. He's been forgotten about in prison. He's been remembered in prison by the cup and brought before Pharaoh. He's interpreted Pharaoh's dreams now 22, 23 years after he has the dream. This is what happens. Genesis chapter 41. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom the Spirit is the spirit of God. He's talking about Joseph. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. Man, would you get the ring? He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride a chariot as his second in command. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And the people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then we're going to skip to chapter 45. Start in verse 3. Joseph's brothers have now come to Egypt for food Joseph walks them through this kind of maze of what seems like trickery to get his youngest brother and his dad back to him. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified in his presence. These are the same guys that started this whole process off. Verse four, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. You know what they were thinking. He's going to stab us. (laughs) He's going to come close to us. He's going to hold us real tight like one of those gangster movies and stab us. Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for a remnant on earth and save your lives by great deliverance. Father, we thank you today. God, we pray that you would open your word up to us. Lord, in the season that we're talking about today of a dream, I pray that you put passion in hearts. I pray that people would understand that the dream is not over just because it has been fulfilled. God, we thank you today that in each stage of our lives you walk us, you keep us, you strengthen us, you give us purpose. We pray today, Lord, that we'd learn, that we'd be different than when we came, and we'd be inspired to do your will. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everyone said, amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. Joseph interprets two dreams uh, from Pharaoh, and um, they mean the same thing. There's going to be seven years of really, really, really good times. We're going to party like it's 1999. And then there's going to be seven years of bad times. Let me just start off by saying this: that is a. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in in economics, that is a typical seven years. It's not shocking to have a recession. Did you know that? So, seven years of good, seven years of bad, but, but most of us aren't as smart as Joseph. Because if we get it, we spend it. Amen? So, Joseph's plan was let's not party too hard during the seven good years. Let's store some away. Let's, let's put some away. Let's put a lot away. Let's put a fifth of whatever we get away. And, um, and we're going to be ready for the seven bad years. And sure enough, he was. I don't think they anticipated, though, the ability to deliver as many people as, as they ended up delivering by saving up the seven good years. See, what we miss sometimes as individuals is that the really good times God could be preparing you to have resources to help others during really bad times. You can be quiet today, I'm going to preach like you're shouting. So what happens is, Joseph, by the wisdom God gave him, said, let's save up seven good years for the seven bad years. Two years into the bad years, his brothers come to him. They have no idea. No idea. And if you read the story, several times they're bowing down to him. And it actually says in one of those occasions, Joseph remembers the dream. Now, I don't know about you, but... Being in slavery will put a little gray hair on you. Being in prison will put a little gray hair on you. And so Joseph is not an inexperienced person by this time. He has had some wear and tear on himself. And so now he gets into a place that he probably never dreamed. Actually, he did. But there's no way he dreamed it would have turned out like this. You see, what you dream when you're 17 oftentimes turns out to be true but different when you're 60. Amen? So now he's, so now he's more experienced coming to the fruition of the dream and, and his brothers are bowing down to him, but it's in a sense of rescue, not just because he's in charge. So now God's will is working out in his life. He sees the way it's worked out and he's now understanding some things that he could have never understood in the prison, he could have never understood in Potiphar's house, and he could have never understood wearing a coat of many colors being his dad's favorite. Could have never understood it, but now it is starting to make sense. Anybody at the place where your life's starting to make sense? You can raise your hand. Everybody's like, man... You get a little, you get a little age on you. You start to figure things out. You, you get a little experience. Maybe, maybe you've retired. Maybe, and, and and you're coming, you're coming on those. You're starting to lean on that experience because now it starts to make sense. God, I saw what you did way back then. I, now I know why you did that. Now I know why none of that made sense in that time. Now I know why I was so tough raising kids. Now I know why I was. Now I know why we stuck it out. Now I know all these things. And the only way that you get there is to get there. There's no shortcut to it. There's no, there's no way around it. Some, there's, there's a, there's a saying that says time will heal all wounds. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe that, but time will give you clarity and definition for the wounds. Did you hear that? I'll say it again. I think it's a misnomer when we say time will heal all wounds because I don't know about you, but some scars never go away. What time will do is give you clarity and definition for the scars. Now they weren't for no reason. Now now I've got a definition for why it happened. Now I've got got clarity. Now I've got a purpose behind it. Now 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 that I've lived a while, now I can give some definition. And there's some of you in this room waiting to get to that point. There's some of you that have already gotten there and you're like, yeah, now I know why. Now I understand. Now now it makes more sense. It didn't make make sense when I was beating my kids every day. But now it does. It didn't make sense when when, when it seemed like we were just bumping our heads up against the wall. It didn't make sense back then. But now now it's starting to make sense. So, So experience is a requirement for understanding. Time is a requirement for understanding. It's funny... We have all these definitions for people. We call them green behind the ears, greenhorn. We call them like they're inexperienced. All that stuff. And the only difference between the guy that's inexperienced and the guy that is experienced is what? Time. I've just been in the job longer than you. I know how it's going to turn out. I know that if you do that, it's not going to work. Well, yeah, but that's what that's what I think. You don't know anything yet. And so what happens is time gives us a clarity and definition. And so you see this in Joseph. He says, and now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. He's actually telling them, now I understand why you did it. You didn't even know why you did it. You thought you knew why you did it. You thought you were doing it because you hated me, because dad liked me more than he liked you, which was true just throw that in there he did I was better than you even back then you have no idea why you did what you did but now experience has given me the ability to see why all that happened so don't be afraid Because it was to save lives That God sent me ahead of you For two years now there's been a famine in the land And for the next five years there'll be no plowing or reaping But God sent me ahead of you To preserve you A remnant on earth And to save your lives by a great deliverance Let's walk through Let's walk through the generations When you're young and dreaming You have no idea of the how or why You don't know how or why You just have a dream All of you are bowing down to me, I don't know how or why, but it was cool, it was a good dream. Can't wait, everybody's bowing down. You don't know the how or why. You don't know what's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, how long it's gonna take to happen, you don't know why it's gonna happen. But then we get to middle age, and we're consumed with living through the formation period. We talked about that two weeks ago. We're absolutely consumed with living through the formation period where God's turning us into the people that can be the fulfillment of the dream. And I don't know about you, but God forming us into anything is difficult. It's just me up here? I think I'm God. I, I, think, I'm I, th- I, think, I think I'm formed enough. I think I'm formed enough. I think I'm the guy already. No, you got a little bit more. A little bit more to go through to be the person that I need you to be later on. You got a little bit more. Lord, I did a good job at Potiphar's house. You know she lied about me. You know she lied about me. Yeah, but you got a, you got a little more developing that needs to happen, Joseph. You got a little more developing. Lord, I'm in the prison and I'm running everything again. Like I, I, think I'm, I think I'm ready to see that dream fulfilled. I think I'm ready to got No, you got you to gotta be forgotten about one more time. And in our middle age we we get so caught up in the middle of it that we can't see. We talked about the forest for the trees. You can't see what's going on because everything is closing in around you. But when you're older, the experiences that you've walked through it gives you clarity of purpose that a dream by itself or a trial by itself would never give. But when you combine a dream With a formation period and then the fulfillment, then it opens our eyes. When when you've got a little more experience on top of the head, a little more experience in the the beard, a little more experience in the back, and, and you start realizing, oh, that's what it all meant. That's why we walked through that. That's why it all happened. Clarity starts to happen. And in that moment, Joseph's able to look at his brothers and say, hey, don't worry about this. I now understand why the whole thing happened. I now understand why the whole could you imagine being his, let's just be real for a second could you imagine being his brothers looking at each other going, dude are you kidding me, he thinks that he thinks this was a good thing like he's he's not going to kill us for this hey I think he's flipped his lid I, I think he's now let's be realistic. Is there any young people here who've ever had an older person look at them and say, hey man, hang in there. There's a reason for this. And you go, oh, it is happening to you already. Yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, there, there's, nothing good. there's nothing good can come out of this. And the, and the old salty dog goes, hey, trust me when I tell you this. You're gonna make it. You're gonna be okay. There's a reason behind everything God is doing in your life right now. And you're like, oh, whoa. wait a second. You're crazy enough to think God is behind this whole thing? You're just just saying that to me? You're just trying to encourage? You're just trying to encourage me because you you don't want me to quit? What what is? No, no, no. Could you imagine his brothers looking at each other and going, what? So let me get this straight. You're you're like okay with the whole thing now. You're, You're okay with us selling you into slavery? You're okay with that? Experience has made me okay with it passage of time and, and seeing how God worked his hand through every single little phase of my life while, while you didn't even know what was going on. God was, God was fashioning me into the man I needed to be to do what he, what he ultimately called me to do. And I need to let you know I've been okay with the whole process. That would have been shocking revelation to the brothers. Matter of fact, we know, and I'll talk about it later, we know that after Joseph's father dies, they're still terrified. They still don't believe it. They think, "Oh man, Dad's dead, and the only reason he was keeping us living because he didn't want to disappoint." Now, D- Dad, now he's gonna kill us all, and he's got to remind them later on. No, 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 I got to remind you. Experiences taught me that this was for a reason, and I'm not even upset with you for it. Would it be cool to go back to school and look at the bully, and just go, "Dude." Listen, thanks. This just want to say thanks. Do you remember in fifth grade when you pushed my head in the toilet? Thank you. Thanks. I'm 60 years old now. I'm not afraid of anything. And where it started was, is you flushed my head in the toilet. Thanks. Don't go on Facebook and do that. This search up your school bully. But experience caused it to make sense to Joseph when it didn't make sense to anyone else. It caused him to make sense. Didn't make sense when he was 17. Didn't make sense when he was in the prison. Didn't make sense any other time. But the experience of, of living out the whole thing gave him clarity. It gave him clarity. But see, it didn't just give him clarity about the end and why it was there. It gave him clarity about the whole process. And this is something that I want, that, that I need to dial into for a second. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and, in my life, we're, we're building a church back here, in case you didn't realize it. It's, it's like you could see it from the parking lot. Um, and I still believe there's somebody here who's got $50,000 in their pocket. Um, maybe you brought to church with you this morning. I don't know. But one of the things that has defined my life is I always take on more uh, than I can handle. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. So we're remodeling the church. Not We're just remodeling and we're building on a new church. And so in the midst of that, um, we, we decided to remodel our kitchen and living room. And I don't know how far it's going to go. I'm starting to get a little nervous now. Every time I walk in the room, my wife's like, we should paint the ceiling. I'm like, Oh, dear God. <laughs> Actually, I didn't get permission from her. I don't know if she's even in the room right now, but um, I didn't get permission for her to do this, but I took a little couple pictures of her house. You want to throw the first one up there? She's back there not letting them put it up. So um, we got a nice little modest house, but I used to have bulkheads above the cabinets, just ripped all those out the other day. I don't know why. It's time to do something different. Ripped all of them out, so we really don't have any lights in the kitchen anymore. Oh, by the way, that's my microwave sitting down there. Um, drink hot tea. It's inconvenient for that. But go to the next, go to the next picture. Uh, so I decided to rip a wall out too. So there used to be a wall there. Oh, by the way, there's no flooring down anymore. Um, so we're, yeah, that's a new microwave sitting out in the middle of the room. You want to go to the next picture? Uh doll, i 've ripped that 's where the microwave used to be, and that 's where the top of the cabinets used to be and i 've got an extra dent in my refrigerator now for remodeling <laughs> Go to the next picture and this is this used to be a decent floor <laughs> now um, does anybody have a requirement that you take your shoes off when you come in the door of your house go ahead and raise your hand that 's a good rule if you come to jones house it 's a requirement to leave your shoes on. <laughs> because I don't know if our homeowner's insurance policy covers you with a big fat staple through your foot. Um, So here's here's the problem about, about being in the middle of things. Is that some of you don't know the process. The benefit about being experienced is you know the process. So now you're not getting excited if the process happens again. Now watch this. Some of you would walk into my house and think they're tearing the place down. And that's so far from the truth, it's not funny. We're not tearing the place down. Some of you would walk in the old sanctuary a week ago and think, well, they're tearing the place down. Why are they doing that? And what I realized was, I talked to you two weeks ago, is that every time God constructs something in you, he has to tear something down first. Some of you with gray hair have walked through this process of the, wait a second, it looks like he's tearing it down. Oh, oh wait, he wasn't tearing it down. He was remodeling it. He wasn't tearing Joseph down. He was remodeling him coming from A bratty little kid who was daddy's favorite wanting to run around tell his dreams to everybody to a responsible older man who could say it's time to save up because bad times are coming and God's going to be faithful and here's how we're going to do it. And by the way, he didn't mention one time about a coat of many colors and who he was because none of that stuff of the experience mattered anymore. He knew the process. And when you get old enough to understand the process, the anxiety goes out the window. Amen? Because if you walk into a house and you think, why are they they're tearing down this great house? Why are they tearing? They're living here while they're tearing it down. Now that's not what's happening at all. And so, so experience gives you the ability to look into the process and see the result before the result comes. And so what happens is I can tear my whole house apart and not get excited because I can put my couch right back in the same spot. Floor or no floor? Plug the TV back in. So what happens is, I don't, I'm not excited about it. Yeah. We rip the ceiling down, move some cabinets around, we get to wear our shoes in the house all the time. And it's fine. Because I've got enough experience to realize that tearing it down is worth the end result. Making the mess is worth what comes later. What Joseph realized is all the destruction that happened early in his life because of something God put in him, wasn't to demoralize him, wasn't to beat him up. It was to remodel him into the person God needed him to be. And when you have experience in your life, when time has, has come along long enough, you stop getting excited about it, you stop getting anxious about it, you start saying, hey, listen, man, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be okay. You know why? Because I lived through several remodels. I've lived through several remodels in my life. You don't get hair of this color without being in a remodel every now and then. Amen? That's how you got gray hair. God remodeled your head. So what happens is when you're in the middle of it, though, like God, why are you tearing this down? Why are you tearing it down? Why are you tearing it down? dream can seem overwhelming or unrealistic trial can be exhausting and demoralizing but experience will give you the confidence that it's just a remodel now here is the important part of the experienced person because when you get enough age on you you're probably not the one ripping the cabinets out anymore amen You're probably like, I'm going to get some dumb young kid to do that. I ain't ripping cabinets out anymore. But the important role for you now is to make sure you're talking to the person, ripping the cabinets out. You know what I found out? I've had more benefit in my life sitting down in front of gray-haired people than anybody my age. I thought all the gray hairs would be clapping right now. Because I've been able to sit down in front of people who have more experience than me and say, listen, this is what I'm walking through right now. And they go, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to calm down. You need to trust God. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. God is going to be with you. It's going to be better when it's all, when it's through the other side, you're going to be better off. You know what that does to me? I just sit there and I go, wow, man, that's a, thank you. Because if I went and talked to somebody without gray hair, they'd be just, oh man, I don't know, I'd quit. I don't know. They don't know the process. So in a multi-generational church, the weight shifts to the older generation with the experience to look at the younger generation and go, hey buddy, it's gonna be okay. Come on. It's going to be okay. Listen, listen, this difficulty you're experiencing right now, God is not trying to destroy you. He is not trying to hurt you. He is not. He's remodeling the house. And when you get done, you're going to have it. It's going to look way better than it was when the construction phase was going on. So hang in there. Hang in there. So if you've been through the process, now the weight is on to share the experience with somebody else. And Joseph does that to his brothers. I've been through the process. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to kill you. It was all on purpose. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. How can you be fine with it? I'm fine with it because I finally saw how God was working in my life. And I've been through the whole thing now. And now I can look back at you and say, calm down, man. Calm down. It's fine. You're going to make it. So the weight was on Joseph to look back at his, at, his, at his brothers and go, it's not a big deal. Now watch. This is the beautiful part. Age and experience make you realize that it was never about you. Everybody under 40 just shut me off. They're like, wait a second, I need more followers. That's really what I'm working on right now. And you're telling me it's not about me, but it's got to be about me because nobody will click on me if it's not about me. It's got to be about, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to, they're going to be famous one day. I'm working on it. My kids and I were having a discussion about that the other day about being famous. I was like, people want to be famous, they're not good at anything. Anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. The band's going to come up. I want you to listen to this. And listen, experienced people, if you could do one thing for us in my generation and generations under me, is to give us the clarity that it's about other people. Give us the clarity that it's about other people. Help self-centered generations get unfocused on themselves and focused on others. Watch how this works out. When Joseph was 17, it was about him, right? It was about him. It was about his coat. It was about him being the favorite. It was about everybody being jealous of him. It was about how he was doing things. It was about him telling on his brothers, it was about him, it was about him, it was about him, it was about him. And guess how the story progresses? When he's developing, it's still about him, right? It's about well, he was sold into slavery. It's about him. It's about he's sold into slavery. It's about, it's about he's at Potiphar's house and doing well. It's about him. It's about, well, now Potiphar's wife lied about who? Him. It's, the story's about him. When he, when he gets thrown into prison, what's it about? It's about him. It's really not about anybody else. It's about him interpreting dreams. It's about him being forgotten about. It's about him, him. It's all about him. But then when he gets experienced, the whole narrative changes you realize that the whole narrative changes it's not about him anymore by his own profession he starts talking about this wasn't about me this is about God delivering all these people oh 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 so the mistake that young people and people my age make is we always make it about us we always make it about us don't we It's always about us. Lord, look what you're doing to me. Lord, look how bad my life is. Lord, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look how tough. And it is tough at times. I can remember, I can remember as little as five years ago, praying with my wife in our bedroom, looking up to heaven, going, I think you're trying to hurt me on purpose. I was a pastor at that time. Yup. And you were paying me. Can you believe that? You're like, well, I didn't know all that was going on. I mean, we should have cut it back a little bit. Because you know why? Because I was at the season of life where it was about me. I didn't have enough of this stuff right here to realize it was never never about me. It's never about me. It's never about me. It's never about Joseph. Joseph wakes up at the fulfillment of the dream and realizes, it's always been about all these people. My whole life is not so much been about me, but it's been about how God was reaching out his supernatural hand, knowing the beginning from the end and all these things in between, reaching out and positioning me into a place where he can deliver everyone. And so when his brothers come to him, even after his father dies, he has to remember remind them, listen guys, this was not about you, it was not about me, it was part of God's process to deliver all these people and so when you when you get to the experience age you, you, your, your conversation starts to change you start to stop talking about how all these things, it's me, it's me it's me, and you start realizing, God you orchestrated all this stuff for everyone else Affect change in all of these other areas oh it makes sense it was never about me and you see Joseph's narrative change almost on a dime it just switches just like that it's about him it's about him it's about him it's about him and then when the dream comes to fruition and he's got enough time under his belt he goes ah oh, <laughs> how silly am I it was never about me you guys are worried about me being upset about that it wasn't even about that about God doing his will through us. And I bet there's a whole room full of experienced people here that would say, man, if there's one thing I've realized it wasn't really about me. So my prayer is this multi-generational church we got little teeny babies We we got people in their 70s What am I talking about? We got a lady that's 102 years old. That the experience group doesn't check out, doesn't fade out, doesn't doesn't just stop, but they start taking everything that God has taught them through the experience. And they start just feeding it down, feeding it down, feeding it down, feeding it down. Hey, listen, you're in your 40s. Don't get nervous. Don't don't worry about it. You don't have to have a midlife crisis. You don't have to. Hey, you're in your 20s. Hey, handle the dream well. Come on, just start handing it down, handing it down, handing it down. And you're the you're, you're the most valuable resource in the church because you know it's not about You've already you've already crossed over into the tree. You know what God's doing. You're like, "Man, I I can tell you some things." The beautiful thing about this whole story is that even Joseph's brothers benefit from his experience. Matter of fact, the whole world at that time benefited from his experience. And so my my ask for you this morning is that if you've been through the experience if you if you fought the battles you waged the war you've seen the dream fulfilled you've seen the process over and over and over again come we'll on start sharing that don't just keep it locked up don't, don't just keep it free start sharing that start passing it down, pass it down, pass it down, pass it down, and you will relieve so much anxiety and worry in people my age and younger about how things are going to turn out and isn't going to work and all these things, and you can start saying, hey, listen, I got enough experience under my belt to know God's got a hold of you, and He's going to work it out in your life, and it's not about you, and it's about the people He's trying to reach through you, and come on, let's do this together, and just start pouring out into the church start pouring out into the church. Amen? Come on, start pouring out all that you know, all that you've lived into the church. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Some pastors want a young church. Some pastors want a cool church. Some pastors want a young, cool church tell you something. The day I step on this stage and don't see any gray-haired people, you're going to see a really nervous man. Really nervous man. Because experience is the most valuable thing we can have. It's the most valuable thing. It's the clarity and the chaos. And I I covet you that you're here and that you're a part of it. So let's pray. Let's thank God for it. If you're that age this morning, just thank God for your experience. Thank God that you're still, that you're still pouring in. Thank God that you're that you're still purposeful. Thank God that you're still that you're still fighting the good fight. That you're not giving up, that you're still pushing ahead. Thank God that there's still breath in you to pour into the people behind you. Thank God that you have clarity and experience and all those things that make it make it different than everyone else. Father, we thank you. God, for the resource, for the great, rich resource you've given us. And we pray, Lord, that you'd encourage, that you'd strengthen, that you Lord, ignite a passion again, Lord, and that this church would benefit from all the experience that's here. We thank you for it, God, and we look forward to what you will do. Give us clarity definition that that only experience brings. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church. Could you honor him this morning? He's good. Amen.